0: Listening to sermons as we go about our days, driving around or doing our work, is a perfect reminder of our Lord's promises and of His mercies. This is the mission of Upper Room Media, to make the Word of God accessible to anybody and everybody. Now, the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, on God, Amen. Um, in today's Gospel, we... Um, we, we read one of my f- most favorite encounters with the Lord. Um, this, this passage about Zacchaeus meaning Christ is so powerful, so profound. You find it in every single kid's Bible. Um, you know, it's, it's a story that everyone knows about and it's a very beautiful story. It's very touchy because, because of the outcome, because we can relate, because it's something extremely relatable for every single one of us. And so, hopefully, today, God willing, in the next um, couple of minutes, we'll break break it down a little bit and see how we too can benefit from this beautiful and remarkable encounter between Zacchaeus and our Lord Jesus Christ. And so, it's it's beautiful. It's really profound because the whole story only takes about ten verses, from verse Luke chapter eighteen, verse one to ten. You know, at the beginning of these verses, Zacchaeus was leading one walk of life. And had he continued along that trajectory, he would have had one certain destination, one certain outcome. But then in these 10 short verses, his whole life through this encounter changes 180 degrees. Everything changes for Zacchaeus in these very short 10 verses. And so I wanted to break it down to two main points. The first point that 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 really changed Zacchaeus, because if you think about it, many people encountered the Lord. There were many people that saw Jesus. There were Jews, there were scribes, there were Pharisees, there were Gentiles, there were sinners, there were many people of all walks of life, but not everyone is affected in exactly the same way. Um, Equally, today, when we come to church, when we attend the liturgy, there are hundreds of thousands of liturgies that are prayed around the world every single day. But not every single person in the congregation attending that very same liturgy is comes out in the same way that they came in or has the same result or has the same benefit, if it were. And so looking at the way Zacchaeus um, approached the Lord can really help us in our own way when we approach the Lord. The first thing is what did Zacchaeus do? Jesus was passing through Jericho and it says that Zacchaeus was who first of all he was a tax collector. Tax collectors as you know were extremely um, disliked by the Jewish community. Not only was he a tax collector but he was the chief tax collector so he was like like from a from people who were living in Israel the, from the, the Jewish perspective tax collectors were people who were essentially thieves. Because the people, if you're in, living in first century Palestine, understand the context there. Not only would you need to pay taxes to Rome, but you would need to pay taxes to the temple. Um, and you would also need to pay a tithe of your money. Um, in addition to that, so already those taxes, it's not like what we have now, like, I don't know, 35 cents, 50 cents, whatever it is. Um, it's not just a one-off payment. These were, these were taxes that were collected by these, um, these tax collectors who were appointed by Romans and these people were Jews by trade. And so like Levi, St. Matthew, for example, he he too was a tax collector. Um, And there are many stories of people who were tax collectors in the the New Testament. And so these people were despised by their own community. Why? Because they were seen as traitors. They were seen as people who would be working for the enemy, essentially, and going and taking money off their brethren. Um, And so Zacchaeus being a chief tax collector, not only did he take all those taxes from people, but they used to actually take A bit more for themselves as well. And so, this is why, and as far as the Romans were concerned, so long as they got their taxes, they couldn't care less what extra or buffer or, you know, cream on top that the tax collectors took for themselves. And so, they were heavily despised by their own community. And so, it says, and St. Luke insists on saying in the second verse of the story, and not only was he a chief tax collector, but he was rich. He was really well off. Everyone else who was Jewish around that time was barely making ends meet just to have some clothes, just to have some food on the table. But this man was very rich. And so, again, shows you how despised he would have been because of all the evils that he would have committed through taking extra money for himself. But it says here in the key verse for every single one of us in verse 3, it says, and I love this verse, it says, And he sought to see who Jesus was. And I think this is the key first step any single one of us despite our history despite how rich we may be from an earthly point of view or how far away we may be from a spiritual point of view from god the point is and the key point is we need to seek to see who jesus is and it says here that he couldn't see he couldn't see jesus because he was short and because of the crowd but the reality is even short people if they love God and if they're loved by people around them, people will just move out of the way so that they can see Jesus, right? We have plenty of short people in this church, uh, namely someone up at the back there, which was paying out. But, you know, Bass, for example, is very short. But if he wanted to see Jesus, all of us would move out of the way and he would see Jesus. Love you, Bass. Um, but the idea is that a being of short stature shouldn't normally affect whether someone sees Christ or not, shouldn't affect whether someone wants to attend something or not. But in this case, the people, again, despised him and wouldn't allow him in in because they felt he was a sinner, he's a terrible person. They hated tax collectors, more so chief of tax collectors. And so the first step is Zacchaeus wanted to seek Christ. Not only did he want that desire, he didn't just walk around going, oh, I really want to, but then walk the other way. So many times in our own lives, we we come to church and we say, yeah, I really love God. I really want to spend time with God. But then when it comes to things like daily prayer, daily routine, having a spiritual canon, confessing regularly, all the actions around living a godly life, the things that are not convenient, we tend to just say, see, or we tend to say, oh, I I can't, or I'll do it next time. But Zacchaeus, not only did he have that desire, but that desire turned into a motivation that then turned into an action. And his action was radical. It doesn't sound radical to us, but what was the action? It says he ran. So, verse 4, that so is a very important so. That It's a very important word because it's like consequently, as a direct result of his desire, he actually did something about it. And I think that is the delineating or demarking factor between perhaps us when we are on a spiritual high versus us when we're not on a spiritual high, we're on a low and we say we're cold and we're far away from God. It's this word, the consequence. So, yes, the desire is there, but therefore, what happened? He ran ahead, climbed up a sycamore tree to see him, for he, capital H, Jesus, was going to pass that way. So Zacchaeus did a few things. He figured out where is Jesus going to walk past, where are the crowds heading, That would have taken some effort. He then ran ahead. And the funny thing is we don't think much of this because hopefully many of us now, being as athletic as we are, run around everywhere all the time anyway. But back then for a man or anyone really in first century Palestine to run, that is seen as almost the equivalent to sin. It is laughable. It would be ludicrous to have anyone running in that history, in that culture. It's a bit crazy, I know. But but the idea is that that would have been unheard of. That would have been radical. More so, not only just running, but yeah, it was a very unhealthy society, right? Um, not only was running seen as as shocking, but a man, a grown man of prestige, of prowess, of of authority to then continue to proceed to climb up a tree would have also been r- r- just as equally, if not more, ridiculous to people around him. In fact, he would have been the laughing stock. That action of Zacchaeus running ahead, climbing up a tree, would in itself have been extremely humiliating. There would have been people, because they hated him, they didn't like him, would have been pointing, laughing, ridiculing him, saying, look at this crazy short man and look at what he's doing. But for Zacchaeus, that did not matter. It didn't matter that he was being humiliated. it didn't matter that he was being ridiculed, that he looked silly that he 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 was in humiliation. but what he cared about his priority was number one, first and foremost, I just want to see Jesus, I want to see him. He didn't even expect what Jesus would do, but when Zacchaeus was humbled to that point, Jesus Very clearly went to him. Jesus sees him in his humiliation. He sees the efforts that he's put and Jesus walks to him and stops at that tree and looks up and says, come down now. And so equally in our own lives, sometimes in order for us to achieve that repentance, we too need to be humiliated. For some of us, it might mean we have to go to Abuna and we have to say all our filthiest, darkest, deepest secrets that nobody knows. But we do it anyway because it's God's system to receive absolution so that we too can see God. For others, it is that we have to go and apologize to someone that we've wronged. And that could be humiliating because I might be older than that person or I might be in a position of higher authority than the person that I've done wrong to. And so I, in humiliation, need to perhaps humble myself, go and apologize to this person. For others, it could be Needing to apologize to someone who maybe I did not wrong. I didn't do the wrong. But the outcome, the result is we're not talking. We're holding grudges with each other. Every time we come to cross paths, we find out first, is this person going to be there or not so that if he's there, I'm not going to be there. Or if she's there, I'm going to walk on the other side of the road or turn the other way. Perhaps I need to humiliate or humble myself to approach this person, so that there can be reconciliation, not only for my own salvation, but for the salvation of the person that I'm no longer talking to or I'm having a grudge with. Um, th- there was a story of um, um, it, it's a made up story, but it's talking about um two cows who are going um or walking um on on a very narrow road. And so, I don't know if it was cows or some other animal, I'm not sure, but the point is they're walking and there's, it's only like a one-lane road and they're off a cliff and if one goes to the other way or whatever, they would fall to their death. And so they come walking, they can't kind of turn around because the, the street or, or road is too narrow, and so the solution is how do they then save each other? One of them has to bow down. The other person literally or the other animal literally walks over the first animal but lying down and then the lying down animal gets up and then proceeds and, and the contemplation was if that was two humans, they would both die because or they would just stay there looking at each other until they starve because nobody would be willing to bow down for the one in front of them and so the the idea is humility is the key, number one key to to enter the kingdom of heaven. I must humble myself in the same way that Zacchaeus did, running, climbing up a sycamore tree, regardless of what people will say about me, regardless of what others will point at me. Some could even point and laugh and say, what a silly person, what a, and many other colorful words that can come to their mind. But it's irrelevant compared to the beauties and the joys that I get by being with the Lord. And so The first step is humbling myself. If you want to see God, that's good. Desire is a necessary component, necessary ingredient to achieve that outcome, but it alone is not sufficient. Unfortunately and sadly, there are many who desire to be with God but don't act upon that desire and will never see God. It is only when we start acting and putting in the effort that you will then see God and and will see Him immediately or almost instantly. Jesus doesn't leave Zacchaeus on that tree for a very long time. As soon as he walks past, he says to him, "Come down." And then the second ingredient, or the second part of of this success story, is that when everybody turns around and says to Jesus, "This is a sick man. He's a not sick. He's 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 um you know we hate him. We don't like him. He's despised. How, How don't don't accept him. He hates your people, Lord." Jesus continues to defend him. And says, not only am I going to talk to him, but today salvation has come to this house. And I want to come and I insist on dining with him. He says, make haste. And Jesus' words are so beautiful. He says, Zacchaeus, make haste. Come down for today. I must stay at your house. It's not negotiable. It's not something that I should do or want to do. It is a must. Jesus will always want to be with you. He loves you. He, like, he likes you. He wants to spend time with you. And nothing is going to stop him except for ourselves. We are the ones that stop Christ from coming into our hearts. And so what is the second ingredient? The second ingredient is that Zacchaeus' response, he says, Look, Lord, I give half my goods to the poor, and I have, and if I've taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore full fault. There is a change in Zacchaeus' way of life after his encounter with the Lord. When you feel the Holy Spirit working in your life, once you humble yourself, once I humble myself, and I approach the Lord and I feel the Holy Spirit in my life and working in his hands in my life, I need to continue with that change. You know, Albert Einstein once said that um, if you continue to do the same thing, expecting a different outcome, that is the definition of insanity. You are crazy, according to Albert Einstein. And he's true. If we so Many times we live our life doing the same thing, making no changes, but expecting that this time it's going to be different. Oh, but Abuna, I read, I read my Bible every day. I get nothing out of it. That may be true, but what have you done differently after getting nothing out of it? Have you come and spoken to Abuna? Have you set up a prayer room? Have you spent some time? What were you doing just before starting your prayers? and so on and so on and so on and for everyone it will be different but think if you're finding that you're in a spiritual slump then speak to abuna do something different something has to change don't sit there and say i know what abuna is going to say i've asked him many times before and he's told me this this and that i've heard it in sermons i know what i need to do because the reality is there could be other things There could be many different things. So I think the first and foremost, we need to make sure we humble ourselves. And secondly, we need to do something radically different. Things need to change in our life. Sometimes we ask ourselves, how come we're walking in life not feeling God's presence around us? And many people ask, you know, I I, I love God so much. And the reality is that's actually not the right question to be asking. The right question to be asking is not like the difference with Zacchaeus is not that he started to love God more. It's that he noticed how much God loves him. It is not about so much as how much do I love God. It's more how much do you realize God loves you. God loves you so much that it becomes irrelevant Humbling ourselves, being humiliated, all these things. The prodigal son, when he came back, he didn't care what other people would say about him. He just came and he was humbled by, and he was overwhelmed by the, the embrace of his father who was waiting for him to return. All the stories, all the encounters that we find with the Lord, when people want to see him and they do something about it, every single one of those people, have, have uh, an amazing outcome, an amazing result and, and, uh, and walk away very, very happy. Last week we heard about uh, a, a rich man and, and, and a lawyer who was asking, how do I enter the kingdom? And then when he said, yes, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind and soul, love your neighbor as yourself. When the, the next, very next question he asked is, who is my neighbor? Why? Because he wanted to tick a box. Tell me who that person is so I can go and do the bare minimum. And then that way I tick. I can go to heaven. But the Lord proceeded, as you remember from last week's gospel, to talk about the parable of the Good Samaritan. And the reality is Jesus asked a much better question, which was, who was he a neighbor to? The reality is, who can I? It's not The question is not, who's my neighbor so I can tick the box. It's, who can I as a Christian be a neighbor to? And so if I ask those questions, if I ask, who can I be a neighbor to? If I think, how much does God love me? These questions, these this way of thinking, which is what Zacchaeus experienced, will result in humbling yourself because it won't matter because the result the 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 treasure is so great that it doesn't matter how much I have to sacrifice. And my life, once I taste and see how beautiful God is, will continue to be changed because I will always and forever be focused on on him. May this gospel and may this time really be a story and a time where I think about people like Zacchaeus, people like um the good samaritan in the parables and, and 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 the the um the younger son in the prodigal son story i think the idea is that once we think about these things and ponder on these things and really not only want to be close to god but act on it may that lead me to a life of repentance a life where i humble myself i humiliate myself for the sake of God and, and continue to have my life in that way, continue to pray, continue to have confession, continue to live a godly life, having communion and attending services so that I can really be glorifying the Lord in my life and remembering how much God loves me and glory be to God forever. This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart.